we're in for a long one. A long weekend, that is. And you deserve to spend it on the couch with a glass of something good. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered quickly. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. by somebody <laughs> just like just like when you get the vaccine and they put a chip in your arm and then mm-hmm. they're recording you you know <laughs> but at like least they now they, but at least now they give you a hundred dollars I want by FYI FYI let's go back and say yeah. you don't have it so we can get the yeah. debit card excuse me I didn't even get that fucking cheesecake they no. promised they I didn't out. even Nothing. get the sticker Nothing. I didn't Nothing. get the sticker. Oh, I got the sticker the second time. I didn't even get a happy face band-aid. Yeah, uh, I didn't, say, I, didn't, I got a regular band-aid, no yeah. sticker. No. They didn't, nobody and even we, handed me like an orange juice. Right. We were the guinea pigs. I we were get, the ones who risked life. I didn't oh, get an wow. orange juice, a lollipop. Nothing. I got a water because I had to almost pass out on it. <laughs> But that's another conversation. Dun, dun, dun. So I'm gonna let you finish ASS Court, Amy. We're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just my birthday. Amy's just back from a road trip. Damn. Birthday was fun. Had a little small gathering outside with friends. How was your road trip? How was your road trip? We were not. You know, I mean, it was it, it was it was a lot of fun to see people. And to really, and I went with my best friend who, who knows some of my other friends just because she doesn't live in this city. But mm-hmm. it was just nice to have to realize I may not see them every day. I may not mm-hmm. call them on the phone every day. But I have people who will make the effort. Yes. And I appreciate that. Even when they drive me nuts, they will make the effort. And I was very impressed that all of my friends have really nice houses with like guest rooms and guest bathrooms. Which is why friends... everybody leaves New York because yeah, exactly. they want those things. No, 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 seriously. Like Baltimore is the black Brooklyn diaspora right now. Mm-hmm. But we did say if I can give a little, you know, besides some eating and we didn't go to any thrift stores, which is shocking, but, um, because everyone in uh, Richmond is not wearing a fucking mask, and I refuse to believe they're all vaccinated. But we did go to an amazing museum. Courtney, next time you're down there, you get down there to see your folks. Um, It's called the Dirty South Contemporary Art Material Culture and Sonic Impulse. It's at the Virginia Museum of the Arts, which is free, fine arts, Mm -hmm. but this exhibit costs like 10 bucks or something like that. And it has a great, it has the Kehinde Wiley uh, sculpture out front. Yeah, outside at the museum. Um, it's one of the best exhibits I've seen in years, and that's all I want to say. It's yeah, just yeah. A, an absolutely impactful, gorgeous exhibit. You can look at it online, but it, it's going to travel, but to weird cities. I highly, I mean, if you have the time and you want to take a drive down there, it's it's great. But the trip was fun, nice to get out of the city, and then you're back, and it's like, wah, wah. <laughs> but then you get to come back, and you're like, the doomed Olympics are on, and let's see what has happened. We've I had, see, we've had, wait, we've had Belarus trying to kidnap their own, their well, own, I mean, their own athlete who got to the air, this, wait, who got to the airport and staged a full coup. Like they are trying to force me back, and they will put me in jail when I go back. Well, and they po- will. And Poland gave her an asylum. So she's well, you know it's bad Poland. when Poland is stepping up, because <laughs> Poland is the country where it's illegal to be gay. <laughs> and then there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, <laughs> Poland is like, we will save you. Wait, are you a lesbian? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, very, it's very that. Then we had Simone Biles in the twisties. <laughs> and well, you know what? All joking aside, I mean, look, mm-hmm. all these first of all, these men who were criticizing, it was mainly who men can, the last who, ex- who look like they haven't gotten off the couch Listen, in 20 years. The last exercise Piers Morgan and these guys had is taking their dick out of their pants to pee. And even that they probably needed. Help. Piers Morgan is lower than a used douche at a party. Okay. No, you know horrible. what I mean? He's, no, he's horrible. horrible. He's, he's horrible. horrible. And no one cares. It's like, shut up. Shut the fuck up, you big-headed blowbag. No one cares. He has something to say about every young lady, but what I find it interesting is he really keeps having something to say about all of the young women of color. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's the easiest target, isn't it? I mean, but what I was going to say real quick about Simone Biles, and we'll get back to that subject, because I think that's, you know, the subject at hand. When she's talking about the twit, what Simone Biles does is inhuman. She is right. so good that they've named things after her. Right. They didn't call it the Michael Jordan dunk. You know, he was right. just doing a dunk better than everybody else. If she has no equilibrium, if her right. equilibrium is off, she could die. Uh, break die. her neck, she break could, her back, be paralyzed. Be you Absolutely. Know, so when that little fucking, what is he, Serbian or Croatian? What is Djokovic? Um, when he's like, hey, man up, fuck you. You know, you're, there's no physical danger in your sport. What's going to happen? A ball's going to hit you in the head? What's the worst and, that can happen to a And when player? he lost in his third round, he smashed the racket around and threw it around the court. So it's like, he's sir, a bitch. have five. First of all, he's an asshole. He's legendarily an asshole, right? So there's no big whoop yeah. for him. You know, it comes down to a really important subject of talking about mental health, right? But I think the other part that we need to also to discuss is mental toughness. And, you know, one side that I felt was she absolutely had the right and should take care of herself. It's really super important. Then I did say, you know, there is also, you know, what you had three other teammates and it's a team. And, you know, there is a little bit of those girls had dreams too. You know what I mean? And the minute you pulled out, I know they saw their dreams dashing in front of their eyes. And, you know, but it's, it's, it's just a rough situation and mental stuff is really real and pressure is absolutely real. And This wasn't pressure, though. I mean, well, no, but I mean, well, well, but hold, let me finish. <laughs> let me finish, please. Yeah. I do think part of it was pressure. And she talked about part of it was pressure. And all of a sudden now it's five years. You know, everything got moved an extra year. Right. And people, are, they put that whole thing on her back. You know what I mean? It's like, she's the greatest ever. The greatest of all time. They're expected to win gold. She's expected to win gold and everything. And then, you know, you have real life shit that's going on. And if your mind and your body are not in sync, it's the worst feeling in the world. You know what I mean? To be able to want to do something, but you just can't physically do it. And so I applauded her for standing up and saying, I can't. Yeah. You know? well, I, I can't. Think I, her, her teammates supported her. Every single yes. one of them had been through. Simone Biles and many of those other young women are uh, victims of sexual abuse at the hands of the, of the United States gymnastics. Larry Nasser, yeah. Yeah, they are under tremendous pressure. Simone Biles owes nobody nothing. Nothing. And if those women on that team supported her, and yep. you know what? Not for nothing, it gave another person, lesser known, a chance to step up and shine. And Simone see, but Biles, that's, yeah. Simone see, Biles yeah. is close to retirement age, yeah. too, let's be honest. You know? And so, see, and I, yeah, I hated that, too, though, because I've been watching all of the coverage, right? And the other ladies won. And even today, so the whole team was on the Today Show this morning. And Hoda spent the first 10 minutes. It was, you know, asking Simone, but then asking everybody else about Simone. And I'm like, you know what? They're all Olympians. Right. They all got there on their merit. Right. They're there. Right. So ask them about their dreams and don't always frame everything around this one girl. That's part of the pressure, I think, you know what I mean? Of having to carry it at all. Well, of course. Carry it I all. Mean, but I, I just think at the end of the day, Simone Biles does not work for me. She is not right. my employee. Nope. It's a volunteer position. Kinda this was of. a fucked up olympics it should have never happened they should have never never had happened and they it's never, just across the board and life it's will weird go on. yeah it's weird as fuck man and if I've she been, had been a man nobody would have said a word well you know that's how that goes right yeah and it's nobody, like it, it, i've been watching them because you know i love sports so since all of my sports are gone so right. i'll you know i'll watch anything this thing i've been watching everything archery i've been oh, kidding God. i got up this morning and i watched the the women's beam final to watch Simone and I watched it yeah. live at four something this morning. And you know, 
Yeah, I've been watching rowing. <laughs> I watched that thing with the people when they're on the bikes and they're going around in circles in a team and they're going in opposite directions really fast and they're like teams of three I, and I four of them. Track, I mean, track is my thing because it's the yeah. only sport I could actually understand, and it's mm -hmm. the only sport that there's you're just going fast or you're not. How going about fast. the hot Italian trade who who won the men's one hundred meters, Marcel? Something, something, so hot, honey. Ooh, no. baby. I haven't seen any of this just because. Yeah, because you don't care. I don't know no, where. We well, no, it's all weird. I, care. I do care about the Olympics, but it's been on every nine million channels. <laughs> I'm like, pick a channel. It's been, it's been on every NBC channel no, that they and, possibly and, and have. No, and I'm like, where is where is this thing? Just tell me. I want the old days when it was on ABC mm -hmm. and and that one guy did all the broadcast. I don't know where this fucking thing is, and quite honestly, right. you know, you can watch it, but. Simone Biles owes us nothing. No. This country, uh, you know, leave women alone. Let women like make their own choices. And leave these young women alone. I'm so tired of seeing these old grumpy white men having an opinion on well, these young women. Well, there were some grumpy black men young in women. too. Yeah, but, but the first ones who made statements yeah, were old, were conservatives. The conservative, they were the first ones because it was an easy target to come after these young black men, young black women and yeah. i'm over it i'm over yeah. it and we're well, all over it and we all see you and no one's paying attention to you guys well you know the good thing is is that there's equal opportunity stu stupidity and hatred and sexism homophobia because young black men hello da baby <sighs> hello da baby before we get into his unbelievably ill-informed and uh i don't know gee uh 40 years too late medical information comments let's also remember that he invited what's his name tory Lorraine. what's his tory name Lane. Tory Lane, mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. shot a black woman allegedly all right I'm well i'm always going to say the allegedly because we should because but i believe he shot her and i believe and and here's another one you know that's the subject that gets me really angry because I always see it's so easy for everybody on their Instagram page to support black women and put up a picture of strong black women. But when that black woman said that she was shot, I saw a lot of black men trying to make excuses like, oh, he didn't do it. I'm like, you know, what's really funny. Black women have held black men down for so long and she could have just put had him under the jail. You know what I'm saying? She did it. And for that, what she got was dudes like this one bringing him out. And remember, brought him out on stage right after her set. She had just performed. Right. So it's in, um, I, 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 and somebody not, threw a shoe at him. Yeah, I know. Hilarious, right? <laughs> I am not the only one to say this, but um, I will contend that as racist as this country is, it is even more sexist. Yeah. Because the only and we see proof of that every time something happens to a black woman and black men and white men don't stand up. So, I mean, the baby is I think that this might. Well, he's lost gigs. He has. Yeah, but he's lost, he was, he's lost gigs at these big festivals. Right. The book, everybody. Look, let me just tell you something. Like, there's a lot of people who feel like that in hip hop. You see how stupid ass T.I. First of all, T.I., shut the fuck up. You're a pervert. You're an old man. Alleg allegedly. Like, allegedly. <laughs> no allegedly. one cares. And Nick Young, who's never made anybody's basketball team better. Is that uh, the one who had a baby with his, uh, Iggy Azalea? Or, or the, who was, go yeah, the one who was with Iggy. I don't, and I don't know if they had the, did they have? I think I guess they, they had a baby with what, Yeah. Like, so that lets you know who he is. You know what an I'm idiot. saying? An idiot. Exactly. So it's like, hi, hi, go fuck yourself, twins. Go fuck yourself. And the baby, fuck you. And the weird, here's the thing. No one's falling for your new statement that wasn't written by you. That everybody's like, this is a scare apology. It was written by someone else. We know how you talk. We've heard you talk. And you said what you wanted to say your first time. And you doubled down. Now that you're losing gigs, some publicist has written something for you for your Instagram that one, I don't believe. Most gay people, we don't believe. But here's the thing, in two minutes, Black Radio will keep playing his records and kids will still go to his shows and he'll get booked. But fuck you, I won't support you. No more DaBaby records are played in this house. No more DaBaby records on our playlist. And we won't even cover and review his records and talk about his music. Did we ever? Nope. <laughs> And then there's that. The only thing and I was then like, there's being a, that. <laughs> being a couple of good songs mm -hmm. and whatever, duh, who cares? Um, 
but I'm so tired of the low being the low hanging fruit for these motherfuckers. It's like y'all are not even educated enough to dig a little deeper. It's like the lowest hanging fucking fruit. Well, the thing it's just so funny. I mean, not funny, but it's like and your information <laughs> about AIDS and <laughs> HIV is literally 1990 scare <laughs> um, Right. I don't know if you've seen it, but there are literally ads for prep, you know, and AIDS medication and people are living, thank God, long. So your information, hello, is so like, what are you, in a coma? I mean, be more concerned about the fact that you have these huge crowds with people with proof of COVID vaccines, which they've already shown have been bogus. You know, worry about that, honey. You got more worries. Or worry about, or worry about, you know, stop having kids with all these different women and maybe ma- show your daughter that she should be dated and then married and have a husband and children. You know what I mean? It's like all these motherfuckers want to point to the, to the gay community and act like we're the problem. No, you motherfuckers who fuck everybody all over the place, have well, kids all over the place, don't ever marry the mothers and have kids who have siblings all over the place. You're the fucking problem. Get off my porch. Well, and like I said, I, I, I think it was just, it's just, it was almost comical in its stupidity. Right, I mean, it right. really was sort of like, where have you been? It's like somebody complaining about those light bulbs. You know, come on, man. Where have you been? My thing crowd- is, you're on stage. You're, you're having a career career moment. People are loving you. What the fuck? Well, you know what I mean? Like, what stupid. the fuck? I mean, he's. it's the same ignorance that it's, it, you know, not to make too far leap. It is the same ignorance that targets women. It's the same ignorance that targets Asians. It's the same ignorance that refuses to wear a mask or admit that we need vaccine. It's ignorance. And it's right. ignorance fueled and encouraged by social media because everyone with a computer and two working fingers thinks they have something to say and that people want to hear it. I know. If we didn't have social media, I mean, it's just complete stupidity. And yeah, he'll be punished for now. But you know what? In hip hop and in pop music, a mm-hmm. three month a three month break is enough to destroy a career. Well, you know what's really funny too, like what and T. shout out well, to Dua Lipa yeah, immediately right. coming out. Like dumb ass fucking Ti. What was that thing? What he's what's the statement? You know, out here with boys out here, the gay men, da da da, something like men out here trying to be straight. What do you mean trying to be straight? Who has to try to be straight? Aren't, we, to, aren't we all trying like, to be straight? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what? They're so mad the little Nas X is winning. They're not, it's, it's almost like they're upset that he's succeeding. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. watching these dudes just go out of their mind. It's like, you know what? Go fuck yourself, all of you. Anyway, on a lighter note, uh, let's talk about the rolling out, rolling loud festival that, Everybody came back with COVID because it looked like a giant. Did, was there? Was there? Was there? Yeah, so many. Pe- yeah, so many people okay. come back from that shit with COVID. Well, and, and the- then Lollapalooza was this last weekend, and that shit looked like it was 1997 all over again. Yeah. I oh mean, no. You can't let. I mean, what can? I mean, at this point, all right. Let's just say, for sake of argument, that everyone mm. did have to show proof of vaccination. Let's just mm-hmm. say, for sake of argument, mm-hmm. that. Everyone there was vaccinated. It's still not a good idea to do that, but we know that not everybody was vaccinated. Right. And right. that's just, just, that's what it is. just a fact. Yeah, I mean, we just, just know it. it. At right. this point, the trusting people to say they're vaccinated is the equivalent of men saying, I'm sterile or I'll pull out. Oh. Don't <laughs> trust them. No, it that's, will, there are honey, more babies. I'm just gonna around. I'm just gonna put the head in equals pregnant. <laughs> You're pregnant. Right. You're you know, pregnant. I, it's like, so at this point, I don't believe it unless I see it. Right. Real fucking talk. <laughs> unless mm. I, you know, unless I see the invisible V on your forehead, like X X Clan or not X Clan, uh, X Files or whatever. <laughs> Vendetta. That movie Vendetta. I want to see the V on your forehead. I don't mm. believe it. You know. So. it's a whole other conversation, but yeah, these crowds are just kind of ridiculous. I know we're all desperate to be entertained, but come on guys, because what's happening, it's affecting me financially because I have classes canceled because they keep real fucking talk. You know what I'm saying? You need to be vaccinated. Oh, well, no, actually we'll give students. They just have to be tested. I'm like, Oh no, (laughs) no. So, um, 
God. I know it's it's just I know it's, it's and listen frustrating. and I'm not and 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 listen I think that you know you know it was my personal choice to be vaccinated but it was my personal choice I'm not I'm not about this mandatory making people oh, get am. vaccinated I I'm am. not I'm not you know I don't why? think you should I don't think you should force anybody to do something with their health I just do don't you, think you should do you um, have you ever sent a child to public school before As no have- but. Kids yeah, have yes. to be vaccinated before they go to school. Yes, they what do. What makes this vaccine any different? Seriously, it, let's... Well, because the other vaccines have been around longer. And even though, yes, this technology in the vaccine is not, you know, I just, you know, it's like a flu shot, right? Flu shots are not part of the vaccines that are on a mandatory list. If this was on a mandatory list and it had been, that'd be one thing, but it's not. And I do think that if you have something that's new, then give people the option to wear a mask and be tested. Well, get tested, get tested. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not about forcing people to put something into their body. That I'm not about, you know? I think it, you know, I- I But I understand for something like you, like I work, you know, my my office is here. Right. Right. So it's like I also get for a lot of my friends who are sitting in these offices and a lot of them have moved to open office, you know, the open office plan. That is a concern. You know what I mean? Because whenever you're in those offices, you know, cold goes around. It's like you work in the school when a cold or flu goes around the school. It's the thing that goes around and everybody's trying not to get it. Well, I will say this. And then um, we I will say this. And then. Uh, mandate okay but i think that an employer has a right to say you're either back you i think an event organizer you yeah. can't come to the event unless you're back that's not a well not, i agree with that i do i agree with that you don't have a you don't have a right as an american to go see bruce springsteen okay you you should okay and if you want to work certain you know if you want to belong to equinox they've just said now that you want to be mandated they will give you your money back if you don't want to be vaccinated you can make a choice. Now, do I think we should walk down the street sticking a needle in everybody's arm? No, there are. But if you don't want to be vaccinated, then you should agree to, to weekly tests that government can pay for because we're at a crisis and this thing is Yeah, not that's the end. part that's crazy to me because it's a crisis and everybody's like, but my feelings, I was like, it's a crisis. Yeah, my feelings <laughs> don't give a fuck it's about like, feelings. I was like, I wear a mask. I don't like wearing a mask. No one likes wearing... I have not met one person who said, God, I cannot wait to put my mask on today. No one likes wearing a fucking mask. Well, you have really fucked up teeth, you do. Well, um, <laughs> all right, I'm going to make the I will worst say, segue. I will, but I will say before, I was getting a lot of, you know, tradey moments with the mask because everybody thought I was a lot younger. And I was like, so the mask definitely has been giving me a moment. Then I take it off and they're like, oh, dad. <laughs> well, you're the one who likes that dads and lads side. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to embrace it, honey. Miss Nick, you need to they, just go Nick, with it. Well, Miss Nick, if this pandemic keeps going on, I'm going to be working on <laughs> dads and lads. Okay. Courtney will be starting his GoFundMe page <laughs> right. for porn star training <laughs> sessions. For porn star training sessions, Annie. All right. This is the worst segue ever. Do we want to talk about what we're listening to? Because we have a fabulous guest today. Speaking I, of lads, yeah. our favorite lad. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I just say, I'm surprised at how much I'm really enjoying this Billie Eilish album. Oh, I'm yay! Su- yay! I'm like, you know, you I would think it. with, after coming with such big hits and winning all of those awards, right? That n- next album, usually people just trying to cram all kinds of hooks and singles and have that moment. And I really like the song on this record. It shows a maturity to me. It shows an artistry to me. And I'm like, oh, because you listen to it and you don't hear obvious these are the singles. It's really a body no, of No, there's no obvious except no, for the, I, I think, therefore I am. Yeah. And so in con- it's funny. Well, you know, I have a weird thing with the idea of, of maturity and growth because she, to be honest with you, let's be fair, she was 17 when or 18 when she so I. She yeah, but I mean about- the st- but I mean the style of music. You know what I mean? Right. Because she could have gone straight up. All right, let's go and make sure I have some hooks. I want to get my radio back because I've had such a big record, which is a natural inclination, especially even with a label when you've won all of the Grammys and you've had the hits. They want the hits, you know, because yeah. now now they're slotting you in to make them some money. Like you're you're supposed to be a big chunk of money for the quarter for a company, and she came with a different kind of record. I, I think it's a really good record. Yeah, it really is. She she's allowed now because she is older to talk about issues 
um, topics that she was not. I think it's a very reflective record. I mean, let's mm -hmm. let's give credit though to her brother Phineas, who yeah. is the primary songwriter. But it's clear that he is not like a lot of male songwriters might do, putting words in her in mouth. her mouth. You can, right. You can right. clearly hear her in this. I think that she has been under scrutiny the way a lot of women artists yeah. are. I the way enjoy, she looks, all yeah, of it, yeah. I think that um, it's a very beautiful sounding record. I She is one of the few artists in recent times where you hear her and you know it's her. Yep. There are a million young women artists who I swear to God, they're all the same. <laughs> Miss Madison, Miss Dixie. Thing. I don't know who these people are. And the voices, everybody's just like, right. and I'm like, but, who is this? <laughs> but Billy, Billy, the AMSR kind of um, vocalizing, she can actually really sing. This is the yeah. deliberate technique. So I, I like the record a lot. I think it's getting very good reviews. Yeah. I think it will sell as well as anything else because she does come with a fan base. And I think her fan base, there's enough in there to attract. And as she's getting older, she no longer, you know, she may not, she doesn't, not that she's going to lose the teenage girls and the teenage boys, but I think that she's going to be shown more and more to not be a flake, a flake, not a flake, a fluke not be a fluke, not mm. to be a kid, and mm. she will be judged on the, the, the curve of any other artist. And I think it's a really good record. I and really I think like that it. it's it's a smart record because I, I think that those fans will grow with her. And yeah. I and I believe, like, like you and I are full fucking adults. I think adults can listen to this record and oh, like fair. her music. You know, because some of these pop records, like I listened to the Olivia Rodrigo record, which I also think is a great record. But it, when I listen to that, that sounds like a young person's record. Great well, record, young person. person. But it is but a young I, person. But when I listen to Billy's record, it's just a great record. I don't really yeah. think of it as a young person's record. I listened to the first Billie Eilish record, and I literally am older than. Well, you were the one who got me to listen to her more because you kept talking about her. And I, I was liked like, okay, her, man. I, and really I didn't kind of pay her. attention, and then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give this, I'll give her, I'll give her a twirl. Well, you know what? Hit, I was think I told this is I was when I was working with this. I had ninth and tenth graders and young black women. Okay, you said loved and her, loved her, and I had to get the stereotype out of my head, right. and they liked her because. They respected the fact that she was kind of weird, right. and they liked that. They were yeah. like, "She's kind of, kind of doing her own thing," and we can get behind that. So I yeah. think that she still is, and I, I think I like that. There's no collabos on this record. I right. like that she works on her own, and yeah, I'm very happy about. It. I, I, it is, it is making me happy to listen to this record. And it's a I good know record. That, yeah. yeah, it's a good record. I'm it's glad you made me pay attention to her because I was definitely, you know, she I was, was that one person. Yeah. I made that bitch and you I did. Break that bitch. <laughs> you did. You actually made and I had the record, but I didn't play it and you made me pay attention to her. And I was like, oh, this isn't yeah, what I, I like thought. Her. I like you her know? a lot. I really yeah, yeah. do. I think she's got I think she's got a, a future in this career, in right. this showbiz <laughs> career. See? And I love the new Prince, Welcome to America, but you don't you I don't know if no, you no, love no, it no, as no. much, right? No, I do like it. Here's my question for you. And I, I, you know, obviously I'm a Prince fan. I'm not a fanatical Prince fan, but I mm. am a Prince fan. Do you think, and it's a very good record, but do you think this is, a, we should explain that this is obviously he's dead. This is mm -hmm. stuff from the vaults. It was yeah. recorded when, in 2010? Yeah, to 2010, when he was going out on the, remember he had the Welcome to America tour that went out in 2010, 2011. And this okay. album was supposed to be an accompaniment, but he recorded it really quick and then shelved it yeah because he wanted to put out that awful third-eyed blind record or whatever that <laughs> awful girl band he had that looked like he picked them out of central cast and okay. from josie and the pussycats okay, reunion. you are not gonna have my princes who listen to this coming for our next <laughs> people no, love no. that album people love no, that no. album <laughs> i couldn't look at those they look like i mean there was always a corn factor to prince can we be honest here no Do you remember never, when prince no. had rappers on his track how yep. appalling that was um, um everything I, prince did was brilliant and yeah, genius everything. and perfect yeah, and was perfect. never wrong and yeah. ahead of its time well no i love prince he's great i mean come on i've been there since the very beginning but here's my question for you would this would you it's a very good record um and it doesn't sound dated at all because he's talking about subject matters which unfortunately have been with us since the dawn of time mm -hmm. do you think there would be as much hype about this record if he were still alive that's my question to you 
or do you think part of the hype is that it's like, oh my God, we're getting new music? Part of the, I believe, I believe if he was still alive, this album would still be in the vault. Honestly, it would still okay. be in the vault. Um, yeah, I, I think part of the appeal is that he's been gone now since what, 2016. And here is a brand new, not outtakes that they put together, but a fully produced and, and, and recorded album that he had that he just showed that sounds great. So, uh, you know, that helps in that moment. Okay. You know yeah, I mean? I because I do, I do think it's a, it's a, it does, it definitely does not sound like quick, we got to put something out because he's dead at all. Mm -hmm. it, this is not a Tupac situation where the fan, you know, people are pushing out product, um, some good, some not good. And it's, it's a fully realized record, which is really, really good. It sounds like some of the new power generation are on it too. Is that, it sounds like Rosie yes, Gates. Some, yeah, some of them are, some of them are definitely on there. You know what I mean? Listen, and it's just, it's a great record. It's a great, yeah. you know what else is really, <laughs> I'm gagging that I like so much? The Kabila Cabello single, Don't Go Yet. I really really listen it's a great pop song it's a no great, she's a she's a good pop a artist great, it's a great pop song i like the melody i like the i like listen i like that the kids uh start are coming with some shit that's interesting again you know because well she's I'm, a good pop artist i mean you know i couldn't tell her from a can of paint but she is a good pop artist i mean she's had some great singles I don't get the appeal of her boyfriend at all. I mean, that's like the poor, <laughs> it's like the really poor man's John Mayer and John Mayer is the really poor man. But here's the thing. Whatever. It's, it's not, that's the thing. It's, um, it's so not about our generation anymore, right? It's the new stars for those generations. Yeah, and some of do. it, and some of it we're looking at like, like, okay, I guess, but you know, I'm sure it's the way, I know the way my parents looked at some of the shit I listened to, like, what the fuck is that? So, you know. No, but you can still listen to things critically knowing that. I mean, I know that I'm not supposed to like Nickelodeon, but I can still go, this is good or bad. I just don't get Shawn Mendes. I find him like completely manufactured on every level. But I have, she has done good stuff. I mean, I love Havana. I think that's a great single. You know? That was a great single for her. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I have, I mean, let's be honest, Courtney, Dua Lipa is not our demographic either. <laughs> All right, and she's absolutely her. my demographic. Billie Eilish. No, no, no. She's my demo. No, no, no. She's a demographic of homosexual. So that's ageless. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. but you know what I mean? There's so much stuff we. If we're gonna sit there, so much stuff that we listen to. Is <gasps> oh, and the new Dave. The new Dave album is so fucking good. We're all, right, all alone in this together. You turn, you turn me. On I love Dave. Up. Dave. It's yeah. and, and Skepta has a new EP that I like. Okay, and I'm still Go waiting. All in. Mm -hmm. Because I heard the movie sucks more than a vacuum cleaner, mm -hmm. and I am still waiting for the St. John SZA single to mm -hmm. be released as an official mm -hmm. single because it's one of the best songs I've heard in forever. Oh, and your favorite has a new album out, Leon Bridges. <sighs> you mean you mean John Baptiste without a band? <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to like John Baptiste. Why can't I like him? I mean, I don't hate him, but I just don't, there's something about, he feels like he's supposed to be good for me. He feels like he's like, <laughs> like, I, there's just something it feels like, it's like, this will be good for you. And I know he's super talented. <laughs> I have nothing bad. I really honestly have nothing no, against him. No. He seems like a super nice guy. No, and he's sometimes, really it's talented. Just, sometimes it's just one of those things. Yeah, where I you just see, don't get there, it. there are people like that with me when I look at it and I'm like, I feel that way about Taylor Swift. It's like, I... I appreciate her fight for artists. She's had an occasional song or two that I yeah, like. Yeah, I, I understand. But when I see her. her stand there and she sings, I'm like, she's boring. I'm like, no, she's where's it's, the it's, singer? And yeah. some of those vocals, I'm like, this is kind of like a scam. But I like you, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like, but I don't know what I have. I I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> Here's a news flash, and then we'll introduce our guest. Sometimes, Courtney, I know you might find this hard to believe, because I am a very intelligent woman with uh -huh. a master's degree who's uh -huh. built a career as a credit. Sometimes I just look at something and go, ah, I don't like it. I can't explain to you why I just don't like it. Right. It's why I don't get invited to the rock critics' uh, meetings anymore, because literally my rationale for things will be, you know, those shoes he wore were just so fucking stupid. I can't stand him. So I have no idea why I have this problem with Leon Bridges. I think, I have no idea. 
You I know what like it is? And I apologize. I, I feel apologize for him because to he's, everybody. And you know, I kind of feel for him because he's still, he's really trying to find an audience. And you can tell this new record, he's trying, and he is makes, he still, he he's makes, still doing the hair. Well, like it's a little differently, a little, yeah. yeah, right, but, yeah. And you know, and he's trying, it's just like, okay, you know, yeah, you I are, mean, you know. It's like, is he still only using amps that were made by people in the 40s? It's just like, all right, that's great. Yeah, that's great. like, can I just say this? And then we'll introduce Miguel. Um, I love Aretha Franklin. I love, wow. love, love. I grew up on Aretha Franklin. I was a house that, you know, my mom played. We would dance Aretha Franklin. I have a bunch of her records. I love Aretha Franklin. And I could not be more uninterested in this movie than oh, if no. I tried. I'm sorry. Like, sorry. You, I, no. Okay. As underinterested as you are, I am doubly uninterested. And it's like... We're talking about respect, the Jennifer yeah. Hudson. Yeah. I think that Jennifer Hudson is perfectly fine. And she's a nice lady. But it's like, when I hear her sing, I just don't love her singing voice. I don't love her singing the Aretha songs. The yeah. little bits I'm seeing of her acting in it, I'm not enjoying what I'm seeing. And she's, it's just okay. like... Courtney, I have a yeah. secret to tell you. I'm going to whisper it. She's not a good actress. I was kind of thinking that. <laughs> she, she won the Oscar for being a really good singer. And every time I see the commercial where she's like, call me Miss Franklin, I'm like, that's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> she was not good in Sex in the City either. She won the Oscar <laughs> because she played a slightly overweight, overlooked <laughs> black women. And white people said, wow. She must be a really great actress. <laughs> yeah. And no one is talking about this movie. No one. No, no one. one. Not no one person. One. They are trying, baby. The ad money they are spending. And oh, it's like, if you, don't if you don't have a person like me that loves Aretha Franklin, it's no. very, in the words of the, in the words of the internet legend, Hazel London, if you can't go to Bella Noche's, where can you go? And on, on that, that note, note. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be talking. We want to introduce, uh, okay, a man that every woman in the music industry is in love with, and probably most of the men, the hardest working man in show business, Miguel. What's he got? Does he have a middle name, Miguel? Diego. Oh. Uh, Miel Diego began. Right, I am having a wash of emotion come over me that I haven't had in a while. And he has worked with everybody from the uh, crew to Dell, the Funky Homo Sabian to, to Boots Riley. He was Nas's publicist, the Fuji's publicist, Laura's publicist, to his current usher who is killing it in Las Vegas. So, and full disclosure, <laughs> he's put a little money in my pocket over the years. <laughs> Including and a McFlurry, which, a we're, McFlurry going to, which we are going to later. discuss explain with later. Miguel, who is coming on right now. Yay! Miguel Baguer. Hi, Miguel Baguer. Miguel Baguer, the hello, man hello. that everyone loves, including <clears throat> me. So much. So Miguel, Very if, sweet of you. if the attorney general was standing on television today talking about your client has sexually harassed a whole Eleven. office full of people and is a tyrant and likes to like, I mean, can you imagine the PR nightmare of whoever does the governor's PR and today on. and what is happening <laughs> that person's devices at this <laughs> very moment? Yeah. yeah, and you didn't even have to worry about multiple devices back when you were getting started. It was just someone screaming at you from another office. Oh, man. A lot of, just meditate and don't react mm. until, yes. until you it's figure time, it out. It's time to be... This is where meditation does come in handy. It's very non-react. Active. Absolutely. Like, you know, I call him <clears throat> Governor Suge Knight. You know that, right? <laughs> ooh, ooh. Well, I mean, it's kind ooh. of fitting. <laughs> Evidently, he was running. Evidently, he was running a kind of sort of. He thought he was on an episode of Married to the Mob or something, and it was just kind of. Like, yeah. You know, they're, they're from a different generation. Yeah. They haven't figured out that there's new rules now. Yeah, there's no rules. I know. New rules. Um, new rules. Well, I have. So I'm trying to think when I, I think the first time I met you, you were working for Wild Pitch Records. Not set to run? Maybe set to run, but I met you at 
I think the first time I met you was at a Def Jam party at like Pier 25 or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I have a frighteningly good memory. Yeah. And Lucian was like about four because my son, because he was running around because he wanted to meet quote unquote rap guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you introduced him to Chuck D and he was like, are you LL Cool J? And Chuck said no. And Lucian said, you're not a rap guy and ran <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yes. but how did you get so how did you get started in publicity was your was your career as a nuclear physicist shut down or something you know no um actually i was bored i looked on the back of the village voice um i had quit my job doing we were not financial like accounting and auditing for Bertelsmann when they bought BMG. And I did that for two years. I traveled all over the world. And then I decided, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be on the other side of the music business um, where my true love is. And so basically I just um, quit, partied like crazy in the East Village for a while <laughs> and then got sick of, you know, partying and telling myself that a 40 ounce um, <laughs> beer is actually a meal and I needed some money. Wait, so, it, Miguel, it is a meal if you yeah. have it at five o'clock. Okay. My friend George, actually, I give him, oh, he convinced George. me. Were you guys doing the old E-40s? The old E-40s, yes. <laughs> yes. I remember my friends, well, I remember they all went to, and see, I never liked beer, so I didn't do it with them and they were, they were like those fucking old, that was such oh, a old English thing, no. thing, and thing. And Koki, remember Koki? It was some the shit they only they no. sold the Bodega C O C. No. It, that was like uh, O E for for people who are one step away from rehab. But I digress. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. Anyway, so then I got bored one day and I'm like, well, I want to do something with my life. Mm -hmm. And then I just went to the back of the Village Voice. It said interns for a small PR firm. We do mostly hip hop and R&B music. And I said, hey, why not? And then I just went didn't pay anything except for my train fare. And I ended up, ended up being full time before I know it. Um, but I did that for about a year and I worked at Sam Goody's at night, but I worked there full time during, during the day for no money. So I had to make money. So I paid, I worked at Sam Goody on sixth Avenue in the West village. That was across the street from me. I worked, I worked at the Wiz in the village on sixth Avenue. That was right next to Grace Papaya. Oh God. I worked no jobs in the village, but anyway, across that was a small, that was a small little firm called set to run. It was the only one stop only shop as far as like hip hop and R and B kind of PR at the time, you know? Right. And run by a woman, which was a big a deal back then. Shout Absolutely. out to Layla Turkin, you know. And things happened real fast, real quick there. I remember when SoundScan really started kicking in, mm -hmm. that all of a sudden the majors started understanding how much hip-hop actually is selling. You know what I mean? And the media also took note. Wow, these SoundScan numbers. Oh, wow. This is really something that we're that's actually happening. Um, and it's actually selling a lot. And then when that happened, the firm grew. I got a full-time position. Uh, ended up quitting after that um, and going to Wild Pitch. Um, I didn't really quit. I just got an offer from Wild Pitch Records where I did ultramagnetic MCs. Didn't you uh, drive them around? And didn't you, was that when yeah. you had your van and you were up and down the West Coast doing all the Absolutely. shows and everything? I did everything cool from Keith PR cool to road <laughs> managing for them. With cool <laughs> Keith was hilarious and really fun and really entertaining, um, along with the rest of them. They were all a really good uh, bunch of guys. And um, so we did that. And then I ended up at Sony um, and ended up heading up. Uh, Part of the publicity department. Another small independent label. Yeah, and this records. is where we met. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that I find interesting about um, the Sony moment is Nas, right? Now, mm -hmm. I was working for the head of Black Music when that album came out, but I have to tell you, for, for we're talking about Illmatic, I still didn't really have a lot to do with any of the Nas stuff. I didn't work anything Nas until I went to video, and that was later. So. In my universe, I remember him as Nasty Nas and people thinking it was a big deal, but it really skipped me. How was it for you and how did you design 
that PR campaign for him? And did you feel that explosion as it was happening? Because really for the Nas story and me, I don't really know much of it until I started doing video stuff. And I want to believe that was second album, third album. Right. But what's interesting about Nas is that when I got to Sony, they were like, here's a bunch of brand new artists that we're going to haven't been out yet. And they're about to release all their first albums. Right. Oh. And one of them was Nas. And I was like, oh, nasty Nas. I had actually worked with him because he had the halftime single off the Zebra Head yes. soundtrack. Okay. I actually worked <laughs> the Zebra Head soundtrack. <laughs> oh a, God, a, a, movie right. that, a movie that Bill Adler and I actually went to a screening of and we kept looking at each other go, are we supposed to like this? Are we not supposed <laughs> to like this? And which character is Search? In I, still have that, I still have that 12 inch. So funny. Yeah, so I mean, basically I was like, oh wow, I know Nas. So, that it started right there. And then, so we had a little bit of history there, which was mm. really great. And then, you know, a lot of times with these, especially a brand new artist with, with a new album for his first debut album, mm. you know, I could sit there and I do my little plan mm. and it looks great in the, in the corporate meetings. And everyone's like, Oh good. You're going to go after these targets. You're going to do this, this, but really at the end of the day, with any publicity plan, we always say we chuck them out. The, as soon as we're finished with, you know, giving it to the manager and giving it to the corporate people to make, you know, to make sure that they feel safe and comfortable. If there's a plan right? <laughs> that goes out the window as soon as you start sending the music to people right. and you start understanding what the feedback is. Right. And from that say, moment, sorry. and from that moment, that's when you really, it's all instinct. And it's all about, it's like riding a wave. Like right. you're figuring out who likes it, who doesn't, you know, where the artist is at, where you go. And it's just like, you have to just go as, as it is. You have to move with what's actually happening. And with Nas, say, it was a I'm huge sorry. groundswell just yeah. because people knew him from halftime already. And, and everybody was like already was an waiting. And there was an expectation. Like well, huge expectation. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, because I have very distinct memories of the advance tape, the Nas advance tape, and the first Fuji's advanced tape and sitting on a little exercise bike on the Y on 3rd and Atlantic, um, listening to him. And I know, just like you said, ear to the ground, people were, this was one of those records that everyone was talking about even before anyone had heard a note. So there was, there was so much natural buzz as opposed to social media created buzz. There was a natural sort of uh, buzz that it almost became... Of course, it was, you know, like, it, it almost sold itself in a weird way because the talent was so, with Nas and the Fuji, so obviously there, you know, and that, it seemed like that was your guys' skill and not shoving it down anyone's throat because, you know, writers hate it when publicists are on their ass all the time, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm all for the organic groundswell, you know what I mean? And, and I'm all about feeding it to certain writers to really get some feedback to see where I'm going to be at first before we actually try to do some real promoting on it, you know? Okay, so now um, you have him pretty famous, right? And then you go into It Was Written. What was, what was your thought process? Because now we have, he's a hit. Yeah. Now here's the second album. Here's Expectation. And this is the one that I actually started working. So it was like, what was your, did you say to yourself, okay, I have this guy, I know what, I know how he is in, in the press arena. What was your thought pattern around the campaign that you wanted to do for that record? I mean, once again, there was so much anticipation for this second. And of course, some people thought sophomore slump, what's going to happen? Can he keep it up? Illmatic is a classic. You know, it, it's everything. And what is it, five mics? It's, it's just, it's everything, right? right. So how do, you, how do you come back from that? So of course, there was a little bit of anticipation as far as my, you know, my feeling was. So let me just feed it out to a couple of people to see what the actual early feedback. I mean, there was a lot of, back then you could really knew, know, you knew the writers, right? And you actually knew, and they would be honest with you as far as the feedback. So they would give you all the clues of where, what your next step would be, you know? And, um, and I did that and I got, I, I still got good feedback and it was a little more pop. And then, you know, also radio kicked in more on this. Right. Um, right. No, I was going to ask, were you, because there were, as you said, a, a real kind of like the writer, it was a, there weren't as many outlets. So you were pitching to actual magazines, actual newspapers to, and, you know, video as well. But what I wanted to ask is 
the first record, did you work that more the hip hop press? And then with the second record, did you start opening it up to more pop press or was it just all, all uh, um, outlets at the same, at both times? Um, I always firmly believe with staying with the hip hop first, with the hip hop community first, with the hip hop writers first. Um, and at the same time, the record company would be, you know, giving it to street DJs, you know, and mix shows at the same time. And we really, really went by that always. You know, we really, I really wanted the first cover to be the source, Right. you know? Um, so I did the same thing with It Was Written was let's go strictly hip hop, of course, to the base and really let the base tell every, the rest of the world about it. Which even with Illmatic, I mean, I remember chasing Nas down to do an interview. I'm like, with Illmatic, I'm like, it's Time Magazine. You know, back then, Time Magazine didn't do a lot on hip hop. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they actually wanted to do a piece on him. You know what I mean? So it was a big deal, you know? And it was, that was towards, you know, once it was big already. Oh, you've chased that motherfucker down all across you the know. five boroughs of New York. I interviewed him for the, for the Daily News. I, love I think Nas. for the second okay, album. You do, you I, love him. <laughs> <laughs> the Daily News, and I just remember like a limo picking or whatever car picking me up, driving me out to Queensbridge. Him coming out, sitting, talking to me for like ten minutes, and yeah. everybody gawking. Like you know, the whole thing was set up like he comes back to the houses, you know, woo, and then he left, and it was like nice to meet you. That was it. <laughs> yeah, and in the beginning, he was still living with his mom. I would go and pick him up, you know, yeah, with the Sony car, you know, yeah. in Queensbridge, yeah, in Queensbridge. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are actually really good memories now. But when it was happening, it was just happening. And it was all right. happening so fast and so big. And it was very, it felt very good and organic because it was a community then. A lot of that doesn't yeah. exist. No, there was the, a first real, of all, real community. Hip-hop was a small community. The yeah. writers, the editors, the people who were f- photographing, the, 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 the publicists. So then, 1996, here come the Fugees. And... You started with Blunted. You did Blunted also, right? Yeah, I did Blunted on React. You know what I mean? So you're kind of firing on cylinders of... Now, I remember that at the company being really interesting because the big hits hadn't really come yet, but it was everybody felt like this was going to be something and that they were going to be something. And then we went into the score and I just remember the whole... the one, it's, it's a really interesting thing when you work at a company that it is just connected with everybody. Pop, hip hop, R&B, just everybody connected on that record. How was that for you, just creating that campaign that you know spawned a bunch of solo records and is still considered 25, 35 years later, right? Is it 35? It's 35 years later? Yeah, 35 years later, my little local record store can't keep this, this, this score in stock. Every time he puts it in the store, all the vinyl sells out. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, boy, the first album did not do so great right. for the Fugees, right? And it was kind of too, it was almost alternative hip hop. Yeah. I think it was considered. I remember Spin Magazine wrote something about that's it. That's the one with you know? Fuji. That's the one with Fuji Law on it, right? No, that yeah. Fuji Law's no. on the score. So I do remember from the first album, they had a remix of Vocab, and that actually got some heat with a lot of the local, especially in the Bay Area, which was mm-hmm. more open to a little bit more alternative kind of hip hop at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got some heat off of that on mix show play, lots of mix show play. And then, so that kind of set up the, the, the second album, the score. But I remember the score specifically because I remember actually giving it to Cheo Hadari Coker, which is, who was a writer at the moment and who was also of Haitian descent. So he kind of, he got the Fugees. He understood the first album, but he also understood why it didn't work. Right. right? So I said, let me give it to him. I really want to know what his, you know, what he thinks. And he just came back and he's like, oh my God. Like he was just bowled over. And I really trusted him. He wrote for the source and vibe and a bunch and of a good And a, a major screenwriter now. And a major too. screenwriter now. And I knew at that moment, because I really trusted him in his judgment and mm. he understood the music at that moment that we had something. Right. So then you know what I did? I sent it to everybody. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Um, 
and that's what I kind of do. I usually kind of go in the beginning and kind of see what some feedback is from certain people that I really trust. Well, I know that, I mean, from the, from, from coming from the writer's perspective, I was like, you know, I wrote a lot for, um, for everybody, but for a lot of black music outlets and the mainstream, and that means white outlets would wait to see what black music was doing with it. So when it started blowing up, you know, pop, you know, when it started getting bigger, then when the mainstream out outlets would come in. I mean, when I did the Fuji story for the New York Times, they waited until the score had been number one for like a gazillion yeah. times, you yeah. know? Yeah. They waited for, you know, so the white, and I'm using this term really deliberately, but white press um, waits to see what black press, what are we doing here? Um, well, okay. Just talk. Uh. No, I'm asking. <laughs> We're listening uh, white to you. Press, <laughs> white press waits. You know, they wait to see what's going to happen. Yeah, well, especially back then. Especially yeah. back then. With but but I liked that he led with where because some some people are like go right to the mainstream. I'm like no, you need to lead with hip hop. You need to lead with that with the black press because it's authentic to that. And then, like you said, send it to everybody. Yeah, right. that, was, that was very, very important on all my campaigns. I would really, really make sure that that's the case. I thought there was definitely a way that it should go, you know? Yeah. That the community should know about it first, have it, embrace it, and live with it, you know, before it goes to the mainstream, which well, didn't always understand. The right, and also it will, undermine, it will undermine the credibility of the, of the artist if if there's any sense that it's being worked pop you Absolutely. know it'll completely undermine it which became this double-edged sword i guess you could say again from looking at it from the outside in with the fujis because they had that credibility and they had that support but the bigger and bigger and bigger they got then people were like huh what's going on you know yeah. that was and what the, the fujis did really well also since the day one of the score they really performed a lot live yeah, they you know, were which a lot, which a lot of people, and they were good live, and that they had a live thing. band. But people were like, "Wow, this album is real hip hop," but yet there's also a band, right? And that, and, and there's a girl in there, and there's and two there's guys. a singer, and, and it's like, and there's a singer, and it's like it, they kind of they really did break the mold, you know what I which mean? Which is funny that she would say there's a singer because then <laughs> the whole company goes fucking nuclear with the miseducation of Lauren Hill. <laughs> right. And you had that girl on the cover of shit that we just weren't seeing black women on the cover of the way she was on the cover of every, I mean literally they went they went from being fujis and I it was a big deal at the company when you got that Rolling Stone cover because then again, there wasn't a ton of hip hop acts on the cover of Rolling Stone back then. And when you got that Fuji's cover, I just remember the excitement yeah. and the buzz of everybody being like, the Fuji's on the cover of Rolling Stone. Yeah, they, really you didn't, come, do, they yeah, didn't do no. much, much hip hop back then at all. You know and then I mean? here you come with Lauren and she's on the cover of Rolling Stone and that yeah. whirlwind. Like you've been a part of some really uh, iconic campaigns and I don't want to just always, uh, go think about the past of it all. What do you think about the state of being a publicist today now that everyone can essentially make their own statement through Instagram and, and, and you know, just the, it seems like no one reads any more magazines on around anymore. Like, what do you think the goal is for a music publicist in 2021? I mean, it's so different now. I mean, back then it was, it was, it, there was a stages of, 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 an album would come out or an artist would come out and there was different stages. There was the community. You let it live and breathe in the community. The community embraced it, held it. It was part of like everything that was going on. And then the rest of the world kind of didn't know about it. You know what I mean? It was kind of in this whole bubble, you know, and mainstream didn't know about it. And then it went, you know, and the more it got popular by the time Lauren got popular, I mean, Lauren's on the cover of Time Magazine. She was on the cover, you know, um, the source of the Harper's Bazaar for yeah. the, like the first female rapper on the cover or female musician even on the cover of Harper's Bazaar. And we got a double, we kind of did this thing. I mean, that's how much power I had at that moment with Lauren and how, how much people wanted her was that um, we got a double cover and half of the cover was her with a bunch of young black girls from her camp. 
you know? So they could see the, it's her with all these kids around them, right. you know, being on the cover of Harper's Bazaar, showing a, you know, a different face of beauty that Harper's right. never really, really showed before. Right. I, um, I have to ask a, a somewhat, just how did you deal with the, when the blowback started happening with her? Um, which blowback? Well, post the, you know, she was so ubiquitous, which is amazing. But at some point, the public becomes overloaded. And how do you negotiate that with making sure it's well, I mean, accessible, but not everywhere? You know? I mean, there was there was this false rumor. And it was it was a false rumor. I even that that she was on an MTV interview and she said she'd rather have um, a see baby starving than white people buy her album. Which I was, remember was, that. I remember that. It was Before. someone who all I I traced it as someone calling into the Howard Stern show. So you're gonna have <laughs> you know what I mean? It, How it, reliable that, that information is, is. That where that started from? That's the where Howard it started Star from. from. And I even had even MTV went through all their tapes to see if there was anything that could even be misconstrued, something like that, and they couldn't find anything. So MTV News did a whole piece saying that it was a false rumor. She was never on MTV News. She never said that, so forth and so on. No matter what, that rumor still stayed around. But, you know, it was, it's interesting, you know, but that's what happens. That's what happens when you get, when you get big. And, and nowadays it's even worse. I mean, Courtney, you had asked me about what it is now. It's people just say whatever the hell, they print whatever the hell they want and right. they do the clickbait. So now it's all about clickbait. There's no more music journalism anymore. People don't read whole stories about the music, how, how the album, where the album came from, right. like what happens to them, like a whole story of where they are in the studio. All that stuff is all gone. Some of, the background, Some you know? of it's still there. Some of it's still there. It's very hard to find. There. I mean, the Times is still doing it. You know, some of the may- longer outlets are doing it. But yeah, you're right. People want like the dish, the gossip, the 140 words. There's no critical analysis. There's no context. It's just like, no. what's the dish? And, and well, that's that's be- well, that's because now like, you know, we're in the social media generation, right? So they all of these accounts where people just show you, look, this right. is my house. This is how I eat. This is what I'm doing. I... And I don't like that. I think that the mystery is good. Like, it's good to not know anything about your stars. Why I was excited about reading about people when I was younger, because you didn't have all that access to them. You know what I mean? So reading something and understanding their thought process on making this record and why they did it was more exciting than you actually showing me you in the studio making the whole record. I hate that we show everybody how we make every video. So everybody, they see it, but they know that that was green screen. They know that this is fake. Like, you need, I feel like you need that magic still. Yeah, you know what I mean? I That's the excitement. We knew I mean, sales the, figures. We never knew yeah, sales figures right, coming right. out box office. Like, what the right, fuck was right. box office? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> an office I mean, filled with boxes? <laughs> I remember when pe- people would run out to buy the source. They would mm-hmm. run yeah. out it to buy the big de- And it was a big deal. It was on the cover, and they'd read, they'd read the whole and would go to those fucking reviews to see what did they say about these albums. And how many mics did this one get? And there would be a whole debate at how many mics did they get? Did they get five mics? Is it a four mic? All that kind of community chatter. And it just seems like, I guess maybe it's online somewhere, but it doesn't seem to be, the the engagement doesn't seem to be there. Well, it's online. I mean, this is a generational issue and it's something Courtney and I discussed. If you're, you know, the the kids, the kids, hashtag, are getting their music from different places, right? So there's an immediacy. There is no setup. It's like YouTube. They don't know. They don't even know what SoundCloud is anymore. That's too old fashioned, you know? I mean... So there is an immediacy that's gone, and and well, now it's TikTok. So also get it. Yeah, exactly. Get it on TikTok. You know what I mean? It, it, we've dumbed everything down to first it was yeah. the two minute song. Now what can we get on TikTok? Right. Right. Well, yeah. And in so that, so much of the nuance of the music is lost. Yeah. So much of the real story, the fantasy of you going into another world is kind of lost. Or, yeah, because- or even just understanding, getting lost in an album. That's what yeah, Amy and I were talking about earlier today, the new Billie Eilish album, and why we both like it is it's an album. It's yeah. not a bunch of singles. It's actually an album. You have to listen to it. There's no body there's con- of work. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And so when you take some of those songs and you listen to them by themselves, it could be underwhelming. But as, as it was intended, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So can I sing Miguel's praises as a publicist? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, oh, Miguel, what I always loved, it, first off, I love you as a human being, and everyone knows that, and I'm, the T-shirts will be available on our website. Um, <laughs> I no, what that. I always thought was great about you as a publicist and what is makes a good publicist, and Courtney, you've been, you as your work as a publicist, you know that, is having the sense, first off, believing in your artist. I always knew with you, and I'm even though, Courtney, I never dealt with you in that level, yeah. I know that this was you, that you loved music that you cared about music and you can't buy something from somebody if they don't use the product themselves, you know, and the product was music. And I will say that most labels back then had publicists who listened to fucking music instead of looking at analytics all day. Yeah. So I thought that that was really important. And you also, you guys had an, an intuitive sense and then a, an educated sense of who to pitch things to, yeah. you know, don't pitch, the guy at the source, the new death metal, you know, pitch it to people you know are going to understand it. So I, mm -hmm. I, and I think that's missing in a lot of ways now too, because streams are just being sent out to everybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now so it's just to cast the widest net possible at all times. And, you know, there's no real rhyme or reason. Just get what you can. Right. Get what you can. And yeah. then, of course, you bought me a McFlurry. But that's a whole nother. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Migs? We're glad you joined us for our little chat today because I just want to say that. Thank you very much, you two. I really, really enjoy the podcast. I thank, thank you, Mitch. I think um, that you've been in part of some important records. I think people should, well, I think you have to tell people to revisit those records. They know all of those records. So I'm just going to yeah. say this. Thank you guys for rocking with us. You know what it is. I'm going to let you finish. We're part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. You guys, if you love music, there's a show for you on the network. And if you love us, then, and you're over 40, probably, that means <laughs> go to follow us on our Facebook at I'ma Let You Finish, all one word. If you're an angry person, follow us on Twitter at Finish Ima. If you're slightly Sorry. young, but you're still a little out of a step, we're on Instagram at I'ma Let You Finish NY. And, you know, you can listen to us everywhere because we're everywhere, darling. And, you know... Go see Miguel's current client, Usher. He's tearing up Las Vegas right now, and he's giving you You Got It Bad, DJ's Got Us Falling In Love. And my boy Migs, I'm going to have to come see you in Berlin because I know that you're going to have a Berlin moment real soon, and I know you are missing your, your European home. And um, you I know love you, Miguel. We love <laughs> you, Miguel. You guys. I love, love you guys. guys. And Thank you know you what it is, guys. It's, I'm going to let you, you finish. For and for the audience, these guys know what they're talking about. <laughs> Especially on Tuesdays because it's Taco Tuesday. Tuesdays we know. We know on Tuesdays. Wednesdays we're not so sure. Right. Wednesdays we're not so sure. <laughs> not, not good. But Tuesday, we're not on Tuesday, point. Tuesday, we're good. We're on point. Yeah. Word. It's great. All right. Bye, All right guys. guys. Thank bye, you so guys. much for having bye. me. Bye. All right. All right. Bye. 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 It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.